Welcome to Develop Lex, a middle tech production hosted by me, Weston Lockhart, Ross Boggess, and Evan Knowles. This series will focus on the ins and outs of real estate development and investing, where we'll have the opportunity to sit down with developers of our cities, veterans of the industry, and key people that have over time made a massive impact on communities and neighborhoods. The purpose of this series is to be able to bring a knowledge base to our audience beyond that of what reading a book or watching a how-to video ever could, and educate from those who have done it by hearing their stories, both good and bad, along the way. We feel that historically the learnings of real estate have been inaccessible without being connected, and we would love to open the doors to the next generation of doers, as well as shine a light on how visions of community have been brought to life. We hope you enjoy. Before diving in, we'll get a quick word from our sponsors. DevelopLex is sponsored by SVN Stone Commercial Real Estate, a full-service commercial real estate firm located in Lexington, Kentucky, affiliated with the SVN International Network, which is comprised of over 1,600 advisors and staff and 200-plus offices across the globe. The SVN Stone team consists of experienced commercial real estate advisors in the heart of the bluegrass. SVN provides commercial real estate services to large corporations, middle market businesses, and individual entrepreneurial investors. Serving the Greater Lexington area, SVN offers advisory services for sales, leasing, management, and development of commercial properties locally, regionally, and nationally. With transaction volume of over $400 million, the advisors at SVN Stone Commercial Real Estate have vast experience and deep understanding of all aspects of commercial real estate. DevelopLex is sponsored by Rapid Fire Investments. Rapid Fire Investments provides access to off-market, distressed, and discounted real estate opportunities in the Central Kentucky area. If you're an investor or looking to invest in Central Kentucky, check out their website at rapidfireinvestments.com to see a list of their available deals. We are also sponsored by Community Trust Bank. Community Trust offers a wide variety of home loans, commercial loans, and small business loans to suit your financial needs, as well as mobile banking, internet banking, and bill pay. Their friendly and professional staff would love to assist you at one of their six Lexington locations. Community Trust Bank is committed to building communities built on trust. Member FDIC, equal housing lender, subject to credit approval. Welcome back to DevelopLex. Uh, you have Weston and Ross in the studio today with Mark Day. Uh, Mark works at the Bluegrass Airport and, well, he more than just works there. Um, he, is, he is in charge of a lot of things at the Bluegrass Airport, but uh, we wanted to talk, you know, as we, as we think about Lexington holistically, a huge part of Lexington is the fact that uh, we do have an airport and we have uh, quite the airport, really. Um, so wanted to talk to Mark about what the future of the airport is, you know, infrastructure, all that kind of stuff. So, Mark, welcome on. Hey, good morning. Appreciate you guys having me on this morning. Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, we will get into all of the the excitement that Bluegrass Airport has coming up, um, but want to hear a little bit about you and your education, where you're from, and uh, what you get to do now. Sure. So, uh, yeah, uh, not born here, but I'm a Lexington kid, uh, second generation uh, Bryan Station defender, go defenders, uh, and then uh, stayed and went to UK, tried to get into the uh, College of Architecture, failed miserably, and so ended up in engineering, which actually is very much where I belong. And uh, it was a series of happy accidents that got me into that. I was uh, an EBCE student in my senior year of high school. And so that introduced me to uh, some architecture and engineering firms. And so began to have an interest in design and drafting and uh, just led me into to UK and 
and uh, doing a variety of infrastructure development design yeah. off and on over the years. Can I say that does sound like a fail upward? I don't. I think that <laughs> I think that your job now uh, could be could be a little bit cooler than what it could have been, <laughs> for sure. Um, so, at where kind of what is your path to get where you're at today? So, well, first, what is your role? So uh, the the title is Vice President of Planning and Development, which means I'm responsible for all physical facilities. So long-term planning, active design, construction projects, but I also have all of the uh, maintenance staff as well. So I'm the head janitor, uh, rolled in, in airport engineer, all, all rolled into one. But I'm, I'm <laughs> sure some of those roles kind of roll into each other some days as well. They, they sure do. So I've uh, been there almost 16 years and I uh, was a design consultant for a local company before that. And so uh, getting close to two decades of, of working with uh, design, construction and planning at the airport. Okay. So both me and Ross, Ross, are you 25? Oh, so both Ross and I are 25. Um, so it's hard to envision what the airport looked like 30 years ago, but I assume even 25 years ago, it looked pretty substantially different than now or... It, there have been a variety of changes, and the airport operates on 1,100 acres. And while most people think of the the parking garage, the terminal, and you end up on a on a runway and neither you know landing, taking off, but uh, there there's just dozens and dozens of businesses that operate out there. So the changes that have happened in the last you know couple of decades have been more of infill development everything from hangars they're just again there's we have over 150 aircraft that call lexington home they're wow. they're based here in addition to uh the airlines and the the restaurants and the parking and you know the thing that things that you think of in, in, in the terminal that's part of your either business or uh personal travel okay so uh, taking a step back i i got to hear you all talk about um the master planning that you all have coming up and you had a really neat way of framing what the airport is. Um, and, and whether it's trademarked by Eric Frankel or not, that there's a, a, a another phrase you're well, getting, you're I'll, I'll, let you, I'll let you take sure. it. Sure. <laughs> uh, so at some level, we're sort of a real estate management company that happens to have pavements that are, have an aircraft use. And of that 1100 acres, uh, close to 200 of it's paved. And it's used for a variety of reasons. But, yeah, all of the businesses that are centered at this airport uh, are aviation-related. Airports all across the country are very different. But we're in, in some ways, we're, uh, we're a hybrid. of We're considered one of the big three, if you will, of Kentucky's aviation you know, airports. You have uh, Louisville and Cincinnati, Northern Kentucky, which uh, while obviously have larger populations and more airlines, destinations, all that type of thing. Two of the largest commercial uh, uh, cargo, excuse me, cargo operations in the country really? with uh, Northern Kentucky DHL is a, a legacy cargo carrier there. And Amazon is going nuts up there doing great things with the prime air and then, uh, Louisville, which now is Muhammad Ali international, uh, the UPS operation there that's been going on for 30 something years, just, just huge. And so to have all of that activity in, in, in the state is, is pretty amazing. But yeah, here at Lexington, we, uh, we have one, commercial runway that American United Delta Allegiant and our brand new airline Avello. Hello. Hello. Avello. <laughs> if you're wondering how it's pronounced. And so, uh, we're excited about them starting operation in uh, October to Tampa and Orlando. 
But again, that 150 based aircraft that we have are, are everything from small, uh, you know, Cessnas and Pipers and Beechcraft to a few corporate aircraft that are here locally. Uh, Alltech has their world avi- aviation headquarters hangered here at Lexington. So there's a, there's a, a lot that, that's happening on that 1,100 acres that we have. Yeah. So, yeah, walk, walk us through that. And um, I was curious about, like, size comparison based off of other cities. So I don't even know what is Lexington around 400,000, 350. So um, Cincinnati, I know proper is a little bit smaller, but, like, holistically looking at Cincinnati. Metro. Huge, yeah, yeah, huge, yeah, huge city. Is it is that typical or are there airports that you kind of – overshadow like their population sizes based off of cargo there, there, there's there's nothing typical in the aviation industry a lot of it has to do not just with your uh, regional population but it has to do with your geography so if you if we had this community somewhere further out in the west where there's a lot further distances between cities we we would be well, there, there wouldn't be any overlap or people would have to drive a lot further to go to a larger airport so we kind of consider ourselves uh East and East Central Kentucky, as far as our primary service area, but we uh, we know people will travel from here and fly out of our neighboring airports. Just they either they have a destination or an airline they favor. For instance, Southwest doesn't fly out of Lexington. That's so if someone's a, has that preference, they might they might go somewhere else. But uh, um, yeah, so there's definitely overlap between the three airports here. And if you're in western uh, or southwestern Kentucky, you know you may think about going down to Nashville. Or if you're in Southeast Kentucky, you may go to Knoxville. So it's it, it, it's definitely a, we're, we want to stay competitive. And so everything that we do and how we manage the operation and all of our operation maintenance costs, we want to keep that down because most of that gets passed right back to the airlines and the passengers. So we do everything we can to, to, to keep a great, you know, safe and efficient facility and yet shave those costs as best we can. Yeah. So what is in terms of like staying competitive Meaning, does that mean like long-term growth goals? Like are all airports just trying to get very large and have a ton of carriers? Or is it more of like a strategic growth of like? Very, very strategic as far as uh, commercial airline traffic. Uh, one of the most common questions, complaints, comments, however you want to put it, that we get <clears throat> from the community is, well, we want, to, we want to see this destination. We want to see this airline come in. We want to see more frequent flights throughout the day. But uh, the airlines are very smart about what they do and how they operate their business. <clears throat> and so they want to make sure that they uh, are not only profitable, but with the limited number of aircraft that are that are out there for domestic travel nationwide. And especially these days with labor shortages, you may have heard about a pilot shortage that, mm-hmm. that has definitely hit uh, our industry, that uh, the airlines are very careful where they're going to place those routes and how they're going to staff, et cetera. So a lot of headlines recently about that. So as far as our marketing strategy, and that's a little bit outside of my lane as far as uh, my responsibilities, but I know that we're very careful in whenever we uh, court new airlines, we want to make sure that we're not undermining our legacy carriers that have been working out of here for decades. And so uh, a great example is with Avello starting up that there there's some – some close competition with this, the routes that Allegiant already operates out of here. And so at the same time, you know, from a customer service perspective, you have more options now. If you try to get to the Orlando area or the Tampa area, you've got two low cost carriers that go very close together and, but they're different airports. Allegiant flies into Orlando Sanford and Tampa St. Pete, whereas Avello will be going to Orlando international and Tampa international. So it's, uh, you know, similar, 
and uh, but gives gives you uh, more edit, uh, opportunities or uh, options. But uh, again, yeah, we want to be very careful uh, as we bring in airlines uh, that that it matches this market and it doesn't undermine some of the the great business and and routes that we already have. That's awesome. And so you've you've had a cool season of big projects recently with the, hmm. the 22.4 um, resurfacing last summer. A year last ago. fall. A year ago, August. Yeah. And and then Westlex opening the year before that with the um, the 27.6 runway. Let's walk through some of the, the the growth that people may not have been able to see, like the, the new fire station. Yeah. So in the last seven or eight years, uh, and man, with infrastructure, it is a years-long planning, design, and construction process. We're very deliberate about it because once you you build something, whether it's a runway or a piece of vertical infrastructure, it's going to be there for decades. So we're, we want to be very careful about how, how you build it, where you put it, and what you're thinking about doing in the space in the same vicinity. And I know that's common to all development and, and, and planning, whether it's air, airports or anything in our community. But, uh, yeah, so we made some major improvements to our taxiway system, which most people, you don't really think about it. Once you're on that plane and you're heading toward the runway, you kind of look around, you see pavements and lights. But it actually op- adds a lot of operational improvements for those that are pilots. Ross, I know that you're part of the Lexington Flying Club. And when you're using the airfield, uh, you depending on which runway that you're needing to use and which taxiways, you know, if you're in a small plane and you're sort of – uh, have an operator in those larger aircraft, or if, if it's, a, I'll call it the rush hour that we have a couple times a day there, you want to use a certain taxiway because you need to get back to the hangars or back to signature, the, the fixed base operator. And yet someone else is on that uh, taxiway and airplanes only go forward. <laughs> so we want to make sure that we have a lot of drive Thank lanes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so it's not like you can back up and let head on traffic, you know, go around you. So uh, we added a new taxiway, which required uh, relocation of our firehouse, which was about 30 years old and, and did need some replacement and, and some growth needs that we had. And the place that you, it, citing your firehouse is a big deal. Where do you put it? How do we uh, respond uh, quickest to the main runway in, in case the unthinkable happens? And um, so the best site for that, according to the FAA's criteria, was right where our maintenance buildings were. So then we added a relocation of our maintenance facilities, which was uh, three older buildings. And so we built those. So we ended up with uh, needing to increase these taxiways, but it ended up being a five-phase, about $66 million project to get everything accomplished. And in, in this area for airfield work, uh, the beautiful Kentucky rolling hills that we have is not always conducive for uh, airport development because aircraft like flat spaces to, to taxi. Yeah, yeah. And so, <laughs> uh, so every time you want to build a building or a taxiway or, or, or some significant piece of infrastructure here, we've got an, an earthwork, major earthwork project that, that we have to do. Uh, you, you referenced uh, the resurfacing of runway 422, which is our main runway. That's a big deal. We only have one commercial uh, length runway that can serve the airlines. And so how do you uh, resurface that asphalt, keep this open for business, do it in the most safe and efficient manner, and it's expensive. So all the timing of how that plays out, we, we started the, the planning for that 20 uh, – trying to make sure I got the right year, 2021 construction, we, we started the planning work back in 2016 and the design in 2019. And it just, 
it takes a lot of time and a lot of money to make these things happen. And so we started communicating with our airlines, our local pilot community on that two years in advance, letting them know that was coming because uh, we've got a good history of closing the field down for either 48 or 72 hours and being able to safely mill, overlay that. We've got a couple of great asphalt contractors in the area that uh, had some familiarity with doing that same project before and pulled it off because it's, uh, while at some level, you know, it's uh, just a big asphalt project, but you're paving a 12-lane highway in the width of the runway, and it's a mile and a third long, 7,000 feet. That is over 20,000 tons of asphalt that need to go down. And it's not just any asphalt. It's not the stuff that goes down on our neighborhood roads. It's a specialty uh, type mix that uh, works great for the type of aircraft that, that operate out of Lexington. I probably would have taken, what, three months if it was I-75? Yeah. <laughs> well, and you know, I-75, you can, you can close a lane here and there and kind of narrow the traffic, but, yeah. uh, you know, potholes and rough spots uh, on the runway, that's just not great when an airline, you know, is coming in at 140 You're miles an hour. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting hearing you talk about some of these things. I'm kind of relating this back to commercial real estate. Obviously Ross kind of touched on, um, what is it, the CEO that you're referring to? Yeah, the executive director. Um, was, yeah, talking about some of those things in terms of like the, almost being a real estate company. Mm -hmm. How, like, for someone like me that knows little to none about how an airport actually operates and makes money, obviously flights go out of the airport. Um, so that seems like it would make you money. But in terms of leasing to tenants, leasing to, do you lease to carrier? Like, how, do, how does an airport actually make money? So we, we make money, our, our annual budget, forgive me, I'm, I'm, it's 19 or $20 million a year as far as the revenue that, that we've brought in, in in most recent years. But about 90% of that is either directly related to the airlines or uh, airline-related activities. So if you're a passenger, you, you're going to probably pay for some parking. Mm -hmm. uh, you're going to pay your airfare, baggage fees, and hopefully you buy a sandwich as you go through say, the place the and, and you grab. Yeah. So you're going to get a donut or, or something at the bourbon library, or you're going to get a, a taco salad back at Cervezas and maybe, you know, grab, grab some of the Kentucky's finest bourbon at, at the bar there at the bourbon library and, or a cork and barrel store over 200 bourbons in there. That's, that's yeah. pretty good. That's pretty good for people that are visiting Lexington to go and grab, grab a bottle and take it home to their family. Yeah, um, but as far as how we make money, 90% of it comes through the commercial airline traffic, or if you're renting a car, most of the time that's directly related to people that are visiting the area for a short time. The other 10% comes from what we call, refer to as general aviation, which are private local users. Again, I mentioned that 150 aircraft that are based there. And so, and a little bit of fuel sales that we, we get a cut off of that. And so, uh, <clears throat> yeah, 90% of it's directly related to the commercial airlines. The property as a whole, though, it takes a lot of hangars and a lot of tie-down space to handle that many aircraft that, that they call Lexington home. And that's actually a lot of our uh, demand these days is either corporations who uh, want to keep their aircraft here. Maybe they pass through. There's, there's a lot of companies that have some interest in some of the local farms mm -hmm. that have asked. Uh, they have an interest in building a hangar. And so, again... There's just not a lot of flat space. Yeah. So it, it, in some ways, it, 
I feel it's analogous to the conversations I hear about uh, the urban service area in the county, and, and we're trying to densify and use the space that is available for development. And that's exactly what we're doing at the airport. The yeah, 1100 infill redevelopment. Yeah. Right there, I was like, wow, I feel like we've had this conversation. Yeah, it, it, it is very much a parallel conversation. The we're bound by man of war to the East for sales road, us 60 and Keeneland to the North, to the South and the West. We have cave Creek and South Elkhorn Creek and, and significant drop-offs in the land. So any expansion of the airport is, expensive and difficult, not to mention the uh, equine and thoroughbred nature of all of our neighbors is something that we want to be sensitive to. So all the, all the development that we want to do, we're, we're going to, we're going to uh, do our best within the footprint that we have to maximize what we have. And uh, it's an interesting conundrum that we have as, as a management or as a facility that at what point do we outgrow or, do, or does the community outgrow us, so to speak? When, when people say they want service to points further west, yet I can't extend the runway to get those types of flights in, or um, you know, or if traffic increased and we either can't have enough parking or we can't have enough gates on the property that we have for airlines to pull up to for you to get through. So it, the master plan process that we've kicked off is going to look at all those things. And I think that we still definitely have a couple of decades of where we can service the growth in this community. But uh, maybe the next master plan this airport goes through, we'll we'll really start to think have to think about when when are when are we maxed out and when are we done? Yeah. And uh, is the community okay with that? Yeah. So it's it's interesting thinking about twenty years in the future for aviation because even this past week United talked about how they bought twenty air taxis <laughs> vertical right vertical lift functions. Um, what's what's the Jetsons look like type stuff? in 20 years like what what do you think aviation will be for for mass transit for um for the the private group for ga what's what's that look sure like? so the the plain truth is i don't know i like the pun there. yeah <laughs> <laughs> and uh um but yeah the new technology with uh, electric motors rechargeable batteries that, you know, we're, we're definitely looking at electric vehicle charging or excuse me, electric vehicle fleets coming in on the ground, but yeah, in the air as well. And so the air taxis, uh, you know, however you want to look at that, that is definitely a uh, growing and, and we're going to see several uh, companies get their uh, cert certificates for their aircraft and come on. The interesting question that I, while I think it's great, it gives, it gives us more options but if you can sort of take off on a helipad, so to speak, do you really need my airport? You certainly don't need my runway if, if it's a vertical takeoff aircraft. And uh, as that becomes more prevalent and you can sort of call this taxi on your app, uh, you know, you just need to be near a, a helipad, so to speak. And as far as how that type of aircraft moves versus the um, airspace and safety issues that, that are you have in near airports, I wonder personally – how much of that will occur at an airport or will you see these sort of smaller transit centers, if you will, so, you know, maybe in like a Lextran, you know, it's sort of, uh, you know, you have a shelter, yeah, to me, <laughs> a, a, a parking of, like, lot. Sub, like, if yeah. You, the subway. you got it. That's it. 
that's it. Yeah, you've got these. So, so anyway, it's uh, it's it's exciting. It's it's coming on. Our industry is talking about it. Uh, I know UK has a lot of programs within mechanical engineering for you know drones and things like that and of, of various sizes. And so, uh, uh, I don't know the answer, but it's it's coming. It's being talked about a lot. So yeah, I guess two questions going off that is we we do want to understand you know, short term and long term goals of the airport. So like think short term as in the next five years, Ross, I guess actually kind of already touched on long term of, um, we don't really know, but short term goals in the next five years, what kind of, what kind of things, um, can the city of Lexington expect from the airport in terms of growth, in terms of, sure. you know, flights, all that kind of stuff. So short term, oftentimes we're, we're looking at replacement of aging infrastructure. So I think you're going to see, uh, some terminal improvements, everything from jet bridges, to um, things that aren't sexy, things people don't think about with major mechanical, whether it's energy efficiency with lighting and HVAC. Uh, there are so many buildings. There's always, you know, the boring rooftop project and things like that. But um, I, I think probably at the five-year mark and a little bit forward, I think you're going to see major projects uh, building a new air traffic control tower somewhere else on the property. I think that we'll be trying to plan for a concourse expansion because with uh, the new airline that's come in, I'm, I'm out of ticket counters. It, it's a great problem to have. I, we, can't, we can't take on another airline. Or if uh, more aircraft need to come in during the, during the rush hour periods, do I have enough gates and places to park them around the terminal? Overnight, around the terminal, it's a parking lot and it's full as it is now. So as what we, is rush hour for the airport? The, our busiest uh, point of the morning is, is kind of, I'll call it around sunrise, you know, 5.30 to 7.30 a.m. There's there's about a dozen flights that go out. So that's whenever the TSA lines are the longest and if, if people who are outbound. And then around lunchtime, there's a few aircraft that come in and go back out and turn. And, and then in the evening, you might have a similar, uh, I call it the, the meal times, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Uh, as far as airlines uh, coming in and out. And then whenever we have Allegiant, and then we'll see the same thing out of Avello, larger aircraft, the way they sell, you know, low fares, they pack their, their aircraft out. So oh, yeah. the uh, inbound traffic gets real busy in front of the curb with all the pickups and people traveling for vacations tend to pack a lot more than if you're on a business trip. So uh, the baggage systems are, you know, taxed a little more at kind of the afternoon periods whenever you have one or two Allegiant flights coming at on the same time as whenever you have your mainline carriers. Gotcha. And so to be as direct as possible, people will be very mad if I don't ask in the next five years, can we expect any direct flights that are quote unquote sexy that we don't have right now? So some of these, you know, more major cities. I'll answer with one with one destination, Las Vegas. Okay, that that is is uh, again air service is a little bit out of my lane, but people we, we definitely have an eye on that, and there is an interest. So uh, that that is one that uh, I hear a lot of talk from our leadership that that there's those type of opportunities, and yeah, we would love to see uh, some better destination to Western hubs, whether it's you know Denver and. Uh, some other points west, but um, again, it, it's a little difficult with the airlines and the aircraft type, aircraft type, and the runway links that we have to to accomplish that. Allegiant actually uh, gave us some Vegas service. 
think it lasted about three or four months. They had an aircraft that was actually destined for uh, a Hawaii route or something, but until they could get that route going, uh, they parked it here. And, and uh, so that was pretty exciting for the community, but yeah. uh, love to see that back. So I, if that fits your qualification of sexy destination, <laughs> that that's the first thing that came to my mind. I'm just asking what the people want to know. Oh, uh, man of the man of the people. <laughs> love it. Love uh, it. Because I do remember uh, somebody spoke at CPAL which is uh, an association, uh, Commercial Property Association of Lexington, a couple years ago. It was pre-COVID. And I do remember the excitement. One, people asked directly where we were going to get direct flights. Um, two, there was talk before everything got crazy with COVID that there were some more direct flights coming, if I remember correctly, to some of these more major hubs. Like Austin, I think, might have been one that was talked about. I don't remember others. but I uh, I'd have to defer really to our air service folks. I know the airlines, boy, they are very uh, data intensive and they, they know based on where people live and buy tickets and where they're going, they, they, they know uh, what the demand is better than we do. And so, uh, but as we're able to uh, get data on our own and we hear from the public about, you know, what, what, what really makes sense, we're, we're, we're all for it. And again, but, with the limited number of aircraft and pilots that are there these days, there, there's a lot of competition to yeah. get to get these planes into any community. I'm really just asking selfishly because I hate one paying eighteen dollars a day in Cincinnati or whatever for parking. Park, mm. It's more than that. I don't know. Maybe I'm stealing. And then two, I hate having to drive an hour and fifteen minutes if I'm on a <laughs> six a.m. flight. It sounds like you need to take an Excel spreadsheet and <laughs> add in those costs. So you, you, you buy that cheap ticket, you you add in gas and add in the inflated parking was the best part you know this is this is a little bit of salesmanship here the best part of your trip though if you fly in and out of lexington is after you've taken that trip you're tired and you land and you land here oh you're you're home you're home you don't have a 90 mile trek ahead of you 100 percent agree we just went out to me and some friends just went out to seattle washington very recently so not only with the time change but we flew back into cincinnati so you think you know i'm getting on this four-hour flight but then when i get home i got an out out of yeah. two hours because yeah. i gotta sit there and wait for my luggage and then i gotta go so cool well right, lesson ross, lesson learned you'll never fly out of another airport <laughs> airport again is what i just heard <laughs> uh ross kind of already t- talked on long-term goals of the airport um so i think we should probably transition more unless ross you have anything yeah, else? I, I would love to hear your favorite destination um and favorite so we we get to talk about hidden gems of lexington what's your favorite place to eat within the airport or what's your so there are there's only you know three options as far as eating you've got the cervezas which is the mexican the bourbon library is, is a really good menu but then there's this little grab and go right before security and so uh definitely not my favorite <laughs> it, it just depends i mean you can get you in the airport it, if, if you're just looking for some of that, I call Mexican comfort food. Just just love Mexican. But the Bourbon Library has got some great, uh, uh, more, you know, traditional, uh, more upscale restaurant options there. Not to mention the, while there's certainly a bar in, in both of those restaurants, the Bourbon Library definitely does a, a really good job of highlighting, you know, what Kentucky is and with even some thoroughbred themes in there. So if, uh, if I have guests in the area I'm, for lunch, I'm definitely taking them into the Bourbon Library. 
Gotcha. You did not mention egg white bites from Dunkin' Donuts. I have to. Say. Oh man, you know, I, since <laughs> I, since I make coffee in, in, in my office, I always forget about Dunkin'. But thanks for bringing that up. Yeah, absolutely. That's I mean, that's my literally my consistent is I park my car and then I immediately go into Dunkin'. Yeah, uh, I know a lot of our staff go back there and, and like their coffee better than what we have in the office. Can't yeah, understand that, but for sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then favorite destination was another thing. Man. Um, my favorite destination uh, a year ago, my wife and I, uh, is, is for a significant birthday of hers, can't, can't give the number, but we went down to uh, St. Thomas. And thankfully, uh, American was running this Miami service uh, on Saturday mornings. And so we, we were able to get to St. Thomas. And of course, during the pandemic, international travel was very limited. Again, it was a significant birthday for my wife. So I want to take her some 30, someplace really nice. Yep. Yep. Uh, 30th again. And, um, so, uh, we got to bounce through Miami on the way down, just one stop. It was amazing because coming back the time of the flights didn't work out to bounce back through Miami. And so we went, uh, Miami, then to Charlotte and back to Lexington. So, you know, we had three legs to that flight, but man, St. Thomas, U.S. Virgin Island, uh, the view from the place that we had, that was, that was amazing. So, so yeah, beyond the airport, typically with our guests, we'll, we'll talk about the city of Lexington. You know, it sounds like you grew up here. Mm-hmm. Um, what is your favorite part about Lexington right now? That's a big question. Yeah. So uh, being a North Side kid, yet as an adult, lived on the South Side. Uh, my wife was a Lafayette grad, and so that's kind of where, where we were in our younger adult days. That uh, um, I just loved what's going on in downtown, the life that's down here. I remember as a teenager with Victoria's, uh, Victorian Square. Sorry, I almost said Victoria's Secret. That was, <laughs> uh, but uh, <laughs> and, and some of the, the what was going on back then, but things just really dissolved. Uh, for a few years, but with, uh, now that there's, uh, more people living down here and, and phew, restaurant life, it, it is phenomenal. So whether it doesn't have to be those special events, whether it's a UK game or a concert or something else, just it, so many great restaurants down here and you can't just walk in. I mean, you got to plan ahead yeah. whenever we have people come to Lexington and they say, Hey, you know, where should I go eat? And I, you know, we're staying downtown. And I say, there's a lot of great options, but I would call ahead. But Carson's if you had planned it four days ago. Yeah. Yeah. Car- that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like there's two just weeks ahead for a brunch. <laughs> yeah. There, there's so many, but even, um, my wife and I recently came down for, and I'm embarrassed. I can't remember the name of the, the bar that's got the, uh, the food truck tucked behind it, uh, off of Maine. But there's a couple of great there's this hidden little courtyard and, yep. and uh, things like Lulu bar Harvey's yeah. that's that's the bar so that's grabbed awesome a drink place. went back to the courtyard and the food truck out back and got a great um, you know some, some food so they're just cool options down here the infinity bar yep. you know uh, 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 and when the weather's great and they've got the glass open phenomenal Let's talk about uh, let's talk about gross goals of Lexington in the next five to ten years. Obviously, you know you can talk about the airport as well. But where do you see Lexington growing um, strategically in the next five to ten years? Where is Lexington not growing? In in some ways, and we already had the conversation about uh, what's happening with urban service area. And um, while I know there's a lot of uh, pride in our green space. That, uh, you know, anecdotally, my family, we, a decade ago, we moved in to Jessamine County because I wanted to get a few acres, some room for my kids to run, and that's where I could afford it. 
And while I certainly commute and work here every day and uh, my kids, two of my kids have moved up here and, or, you know, they've got college kids too. They're going to school here. Um, you know, we, we've got to figure out ways to address, uh, you know, housing, making sure that, uh, you know, we've got plenty of jobs in the area. It, it's exciting for all the surrounding counties that they're booming because people are needing to relocate yeah. to find that uh, starter housing and that type of thing. But uh I, I don't know the a great answer for you. It's just uh, Lexington, dis, despite the economic booms and bus cycles that, that we see, Lexington's strong, and it's exciting. Uh, whether it's the professional community, the manufacturing community, the university is, is an anchor that um, I'm, I'm just not sure where we're not growing. So that, that may be a politically dodgy answer to your question, but uh, um, I don't know. This is a great place no, to it's, live. It's a great answer because I think – I forget sometimes that the airport is a huge thing that we have um, just because I've lived here and I'm so used to it. But when you think of, you know, economies that are, are recession resistant, quote unquote, or that are more stable um, during downturns, uh, something like Lexington that has healthcare, has the university and also has an airport that is a draw. Um, you know, maybe we don't utilize it as Lexingtonians as much as, you know, some, some people from two hours away in Eastern Kentucky might think that this is the best thing ever. They can drive to Lexington and get on a flight to Miami yeah. as well. So, um, that's definitely just another facet of stability, um, to our economy. So Mark, we, we really appreciate you coming on and appreciate the relationship with the airport. Hey, it's humbling that I was invited, uh, just with listening to some of your podcasts prior to uh, joining you guys today, but seeing names like Setzer, Anderson, Madden and Webb, and even a high school buddy of mine, Chad Needham, uh, is one of your early podcasts that, uh, uh, you, you definitely got the cream of the crop and I, I'm just thankful to be a part of, uh, my hometown airport and uh, appreciate what you guys are doing. Thanks very much. 